Hello and welcome to our last episode of the podcast series EU External Anti-Corruption Promotion, a case study on Moldova. I'm Iliana. And I'm Mihai. From the Moldovan German Forum, a Chisinau-based non-governmental organization whose aim is to enhance the European integration process in Moldova. In five podcast episodes, we discussed corruption and EU efforts against corruption in Moldova. This research project is supported by the Institut d'Europäische Politik, within the framework of the Eurasia Lab and Fellowship Program. Today, as this is our fifth and last episode, we will recap our research project by answering six of the classic journalistic questions. Who, what, when, how, where and why. We will then sum up our research results, our conclusions, and based on it, we will outline our main recommendations. So let's start with who. As mentioned in our trailer, Mihai is a PhD researcher at Ghent University and an independent consultant with an expertise on EU anti-corruption promotion in Moldova. And Iliana is an international security analyst and a researcher. Her main interest lies in disinformation and media literacy, especially in Eastern Europe. Coming to what? Our research project had the overall objective of identifying the underlying factors that favor EU anti-corruption promotion in Moldova. The assumption that we aimed to test was whether the EU's anti-corruption capability, meaning its ability to monitor and enforce the adoption and implementation of anti-corruption rules in Moldova, is strong in areas where the scope of EU legal competences and the acquis is wide, and, in contrast, weak in areas where there are scarce EU legal competences and the EU acquis is underdeveloped. Now, when and how did this happen? Last year, the Institut für Europäische Politik called for applications from researchers working on Central Asia, the Southern Caucasus and Eastern Europe to present their research ideas for funding within the Eurasia Lab and Fellowship Program. In November 2020, together with other 97 research teams, we presented our research project to the Institute and we were one of the three selected teams who were awarded the fellowship. This support was essential to our research as it provided us with a scholarship, access to network events and the involvement in the Eurasia Lab podcast series. Between December 2020 and May 2021, we have been examining the nature and extent of corruption in Moldova. We analyzed two key external actors that aim to tackle corruption in the country, the European Union and the Council of Europe, and mapped out the main legal instruments through which the EU pursues its anti-corruption policy vis-à-vis Moldova. We have conducted several interviews with Moldovan government officials, NGO representatives and officials from the EU delegation to Moldova and the Council of Europe. In June, we published a weekly episode in our timeline and today with this episode. At least for now. Now, where have we conducted our research? Well, pretty much anywhere where we had an internet connection and our portable microphone. And finally, why? Well, that's probably the most important question. Indeed. We both believe that Moldova has much to do in terms of fighting against corruption and the stabilization of its financial system. And whoever will contribute to solving this issue holds a piece of the key to establishing a prosperous, peaceful and European Moldova. We also believe it is important to disseminate research and knowledge outside the usual channels. And using a podcast for us is a way of achieving this goal. So, what are research findings and conclusions? I think our most important finding is that overall, the EU's anti-corruption capability, meaning its ability to monitor and enforce anti-corruption rules in Moldova, is limited. 
At the same time, there is a variance of the US anti-corruption capability across different areas. In the policy area against fraud for the protection of US financial interests, which is one of the more technical areas we analyzed, the EU has a significant anti-corruption standard, as well as sophisticated monitoring and enforcement mechanisms towards Moldova. This can clearly be seen in the EU-Moldova Association Agreement, for instance, which is the core legal instrument governing EU-Moldova relations. What is interesting is that this policy area is heavily regulated by the EU acquis communautaire. This means that internally, within its borders, the EU has strong legal competences and far-reaching legal instruments. In other words, the EU has legal templates that it can draw on externally in its relations with Moldova. One such internal legal instrument that the EU heavily draws on when establishing anti-corruption standards vis-à-vis -vis Moldova is the EU Convention on the Protection of the European Community's Financial Interests and its Protocols. In contrast, in the area against illegal party funding, which is a politically highly sensitive and at the same time highly relevant area for a democratic state, there is no EU acquis to refer to. EU member states' rules on political party funding resemble a patchwork carpet, as each EU country has its own different rules. There is no common approach at EU level. Interestingly, in the external context, EU benchmarks vis-à-vis -vis Moldova in this area adopt a more let's say, intuitive approach towards benchmarking. Anti-corruption standards are vague and superficial, and the EU largely refers to the standards established by the Council of Europe, which in contrast are highly developed. So, to sum up, we found that the EU is only as strong outside its borders as it is strong within its borders. In non-acquis-related areas where the EU has little or no legal competences, standards and templates internally, and consequently no common approach of EU member states exists, such as in the area of political party funding, EU anti-corruption capability in Moldova is low. By contrast, in highly acquis intensive areas where the EU has developed legal competences and instruments internally, such as in the policy area against fraud for the protection of EU's financial interests, EU anti-corruption capability in Moldova is high. Now, one of the purposes of our project is to offer new policy-relevant findings, contributing to rethinking and reprioritizing EU anti-corruption promotion. So, moving on to our recommendations. Our first recommendation results from our basic research finding that the EU is only as strong outside its borders as it is strong within its borders. We think that it is of paramount importance that in areas where the EU does neither have the necessary legislative templates nor the required expertise and experience, such as in the area against illegal political party funding, the EU develops its anti-corruption instruments first, before engaging in any sorts of activities externally. This, however, will be a difficult endeavor, particularly in politically highly sensitive areas, such as political party funding, EU member states have shown in the past to be highly protective of their state's sovereignty rights, thus refusing to engage in any common approach at EU level. This came to fore in 2016-2017 when the EU Commission was about to publish its second anti-corruption report, which was supposed to comprehensively assess member states' anti-corruption efforts in several areas. Although the report was completed, it encountered political resistance from various sides. As a result, the report was never published. This clearly shows that developments in the area of anti-corruption externally are inextricably bound by intra-EU dynamics. 
Given member states' assertive guarding of state sovereignty rights, our second recommendation is that in politically sensitive anti-corruption areas, the EU should cooperate more closely with normative-based international organizations that do have long-standing experience. This includes, first and foremost, the Council of Europe and related institutions such as the Venice Commission and the OECODIR. A significant step towards more cooperation between the EU and the Council of Europe in the area of anti-corruption would be the EU's accession to Greco. This has been, however, a long-standing issue which is still under discussion and whose outcome is uncertain up until this day. Besides the Council of Europe, there are plenty of highly engaged and competent actors that are actively developing solutions to tackle corruption in Moldova. The EU should seek to intensify cooperation with them as well. Three of the major actors that significantly flank the EU's anti-corruption agenda include the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, or EBRD, that has been leading the development and establishment of the electronic public procurement system in Moldova, called Intender, that has a significant importance and Another actor of significant importance is the World Bank that just issued the much-expected Country Procurement Assessment Report for Moldova in May this year. And, last but not least, the German Agency for International Cooperation, or GIZ, that is currently implementing a project co-financed by the German government and the EU on strengthening the rule of law and anti-corruption mechanisms in Moldova. And the third and final recommendation that we would like to bring forward is that the EU should primarily focus on those areas where it can have the biggest impact. This means focusing on tackling corruption in sectors where it disposes of a stronger key and the clearly defined legislative templates. This includes, as we have shown, the policy area against fraud for the protection of the EU's financial interests. This also includes internal market-related areas, where traditionally the EU has a strong acquis communautaire. At the same time, the EU must not raise unjustified expectations in areas where it has neither the required instruments nor the needed expertise. Creating unreasonably high expectations without having the proper capability to deliver is a dangerous cocktail. The EU anti-corruption agenda in these areas is thus bound to disappoint. And in Moldova, such disappointment would not just have a negative impact on the trust towards the EU. It would also negatively affect the level of support towards the pro-European political forces, on whose agenda anti-corruption has a very high priority, and especially in view of the upcoming parliamentary elections in July 2021. We have arrived at the end of our last episode. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you have learned something new today, please share this series with your network or tell a friend about it. If you would like to cooperate with us or have a burning question you need answered, you can reach us at info at fmg.md. The Moldovan German Forum will certainly come back to you with more projects in the future. So, talk to you next time.